0: Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church Online this morning. We're so glad that you've joined us, uh, and we're so glad that you're a part of our church family. You know, as many of you know, we're right in the middle of a series that we call At the Movies, where we take modern-day stories and pull out biblical principles in them. And so because of At the Movies and because that content is copyrighted, we're not able to share that with you online. So online crowd, you get a special message from me today um, just for you. And so uh, why we're excited about that, but I'm I'm also want to take this opportunity to invite you to join us. Uh, Would you consider joining us in person to next week as our last week of At The Movies? We'd love to see you in person if you can make it. And uh, invite your friends, invite your families. Uh, We'd love for you to join us. You know, one of the things uh, that is right around the corner here at City Hope. Uh, In fact, it's one of our very favorite times of the year. It's something that we call 21 days of prayer. And this is happening right around the corner starting August 7th. And I'm so excited to announce that if you remember in January, we partnered with our friends over at Berean Christian Church just down the road. Berean is joining us again for 21 Days of Prayer. But not only are they joining us, but this year uh, we also have the opportunity for First Christian Church to join us as well. And so we've got three churches that are going to join us and pray together. And we are so excited uh, to welcome them in. To our 21 days of prayer. And so that's happening August the 7th through the 27th every day. Uh, we'll have prayer services right here in this room, and we'll also be streaming them online for you. Um, they'll start at 6 a.m. and last till 6.30. We'd love to see you here for those prayer services, or you can restream and watch online uh, and join us in that way. And so uh, we're excited for the, this next season starting in August. But today I'm going to pick off where Pastor Tyler left you last week. Uh, when he was talking about uh, the prophet named Elisha. You know, we're going to talk about how essential Elisha's faith was. Was. In fact, last week, Pastor Tyler talked about digging ditches and what it means to dig a ditch and how to have a faith that works and that you have to have the faith to see God's work begin. Now, next week, I want to continue this series and talk about uh, an interesting miracle in Scripture about where this axe head gets thrown into this body of water and Elisha raises it out of the water. And we're going to be talking about getting your spiritual edge back. And so I'd love for you to join us for that next week. But today, I want to talk to you about a story. In fact, if you're, if you're at home, would you just turn to somebody at home and just say, grab some jars. Grab some jars. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In fact, uh, I really have prayed that this week, that this message would just speak to everyone. But most importantly, I've prayed that this message would speak to those of you who maybe you're on the other side of that screen and you just feel overwhelmed. Maybe you just feel anxious. Maybe for some of you, you just feel like you just have challenges everywhere. And sometimes you just feel like you're just doing life on empty, that you don't have enough time or you don't have enough energy. Maybe for some of you, you're just saying, I don't have enough faith. You know, my prayer has been this week that this message would begin to build your faith and minister to you and your time of need. You know, there's so many people who go through all different types of pain. You know, some of us, were in some financial debt, and we feel like we're never going to get out of debt. And so we feel the pain from that debt. Others of us, maybe you're a single parent, maybe a single mom or a single dad, and you feel like you're never going to be able to make ends meet. And you say, well, there's, there's, there's way too much for me to do. I can't possibly do all these things. Maybe you're a young person. And you just, you feel the pain of maybe your parents are getting a divorce and you feel the pain of your mom and dad separating and you're trying to pick sides and there's emotional stress. Or maybe you're getting ready to go off to college and and you just don't know where the Lord is leading you. And and some things just seem too much to handle. You know, if you find yourself on empty today, it's my prayer that God would use this story that we're going to read here in scripture to minister to you in a deep and challenging way. And so I want to dive into our text today. I want to give you two different verses, two different verses for context. Here's, here's the verse in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. It says this, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha and said, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. It goes on to say, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And Elijah replies to this woman, and he says, how can I help you? Tell me, what can I do? What can, how how can I help you? Tell me, how can I, what, what can I do to have your house? And he says, she responds and says, your servant has nothing there at all. Elisha says, what's in your house? And she says, I don't have anything. Except for a small jar of olive oil, I want to talk about these two verses this morning. A couple of things that I believe that you'll begin to know, that I want you to notice, is that in the first part of this verse, we don't even know this widow's name. All we know is that this is just a widow. It does. Scripture doesn't even name this widow. In fact, the Jewish tradition believes that this widow was the wife of the prophet, the famous prophet by the name of Obadiah. And if this widow is Obadiah's wife, it really makes sense that she would be in some financial trouble. You know, Obadiah was known for uh, protecting and for serving uh, over 50 different prophets. He would provide for these, these prophets. And it, it would make sense that he would use all of his resources for them. And so it was not uncommon for a prophet to be in some type of financial trouble. In fact, they would spend the majority of their life probably on the run, persecuted, or just, just trying to survive. And so if you were a prophet, oftentimes it was just really difficult to make ends meet. And so I want you to picture this, this lady now. Picture this, this widow. She had just lost her husband and she has no chance of any type of meaningful employment because in this culture, this culture does not value women. And so because of that, she has no chance to get employed anywhere and now the creditor is coming after her two sons and they want to make her two sons slaves in order to pay for the debt that she has racked up. You know, Honestly, humanly speaking, it's almost as if we could say this woman has no hope. It's a situation to where we could just say, you know what, it doesn't get any worse than this. And you know, when I, when I think about this story, this story puts my own problems in perspective. Because you know what, most of the time when I face life's problems, honestly, they're small, so much smaller than what this woman would be going through. In fact, it's amazing to me how so often I can get all riled up about things that honestly aren't even a big deal, yet it happens all the time. In fact, I would call most of my problems entry-level problems. And and we all have these entry-level problems. Maybe maybe for you, you've got some entry-level problems. You know, one of the things that maybe maybe annoys some of us, I know it annoys me, is anytime I go somewhere and say I go out to eat and go to a restaurant, you know, it annoys me when, when my waiter gets the gets my order wrong, right, or gets someone's order wrong. And so that's a problem. Maybe for you, that's your problem. You just get annoyed at little things like that. Maybe you're annoyed because you just posted your, your best selfie on Instagram and no one, no one even liked it. You only got seven likes on it and no one even commented. And so you get annoyed at some of these. These are just some entry-level problems. But many of you I would say that many of us, we have those problems, but some of us, we have some problems greater than just entry-level problems. Some of us, we've got some decent-sized problems. We have, a, we have some bigger problems in our life. Maybe for, for you, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you feel like your marriage is just barely hanging on, and you don't know if you're going to make it. Some of, maybe for some of you, someone lied to you, and they betrayed you, and because they lied to you, You you just you don't know if you could ever trust that person again. Maybe for some of you on the other side of that screen, you've got you know of a child. Maybe one of your kids is just going the totally wrong direction in life, and you see where they're going, and you see where where they're going to end up, and you just get to watch, and you feel like you can't speak into that, and you wanna you wanna help them. You you wanna help them make decisions that won't hurt them, but They just won't listen. And it's a bigger problem than just an entry-level problem. Some of you, you're facing maybe a financial situation. And that you just don't know how to get out of. And you feel stressed and strangled by it. Maybe for others of you, it's a health issue. Where you feel like if God doesn't perform a miracle in this situation, you don't know what's going to happen. You know... A lot of us have more than just entry-level problems. A lot of us have decent-sized problems. And I would say that if you're in a significant need today, I want to give you a a key thought from this story, really a key thought from this message that I believe that God is going to, to just drive this into our spirits and just help us build our faith. Here's the thought that I want to give you. If you're taking notes this morning, it's this is that when you don't have what you really want, God is what you really need. You know, for so many of us, we would say that we don't have what we want, but it's so often that when we don't have what we want, God is actually the very thing that we need. I want us to unpack this story, and I really want this story to begin to come alive inside of each and every one of us. You know, this woman that we're talking about is in significant need. And she expressed her need to the man of God, to the prophet Elisha. And so what does Elisha do with this need? Well, let me tell you a few things that Elisha doesn't do. Elisha doesn't look back at her and say, oh man, that sucks. Or, oh man, that's a it stinks to be you. Like, oh man, that's a horrible problem to have. No, Elisha doesn't just blow her off and say, hey, well, I'll be thinking about you or I'll be praying for you. No, he doesn't do that. No, instead, look at what scripture says. He makes himself available. He says, how can I help? What can I do to help? How can I help? You know, I think this is the first key for those of you who maybe, maybe you're on the other side of that screen and you say, I want to make a difference in my world. Well, this is the first question to ask. How can I help? You know, if you want to make a difference, if you want to be filled with joy, I would start every single day by just saying, Lord, God, I'm here as your divine representative. How can I help your people today? And then anytime there's a need, even if you can't directly meet that need, you can be a conduit in some way to minister to that person. So maybe someone at the office says, you know, I've got a problem or, or I, I, I've, just, I, I, I've just, I don't know what to do about this situation. Maybe they say, well, my, my husband or my spouse is driving me crazy or my kids are going off the deep end. You, what can you, you can say, how can I help? How can I help you? What can I do? How can I help? And make yourself available just like Jesus would and just like Elisha does in the story. But that's not all he says. Then he says something very profound. In in fact, I think he, he respects this woman's dignity, and then he says, tell me, what do you have? So how can I help? But then what do you have in your house? In other words, he doesn't say, well, here I am with all the answers. No. Instead, he respects this woman's dignity by saying, hey, let's start with the things that you do have. What do you have? And then let's let, let's let God meet your needs with the very things that you do have. And look at, she replies, and look at how she replies. She replies by saying, your servant has nothing there at all. You know, isn't it interesting that when, when we're hurting and when we're lacking, so often all the things that you can, that you can see in your life is the things that you don't have. Like when I'm in the middle of a trial, when I'm hurting, all I can, I don't ever see the things that I have. I only see the things that I don't have and I miss all the blessings that I actually have around me. And you know, this woman is the same way. All she can see is the things that she don't have. (laughs) That's it. Her eyes are fixated on the things that she, she don't have. And so, you know, it's so much the same for us. When we get down, when we get depressed, when when we're hurting, when we're consumed with what we don't have, we get upset, we get depressed, and we say things like, well, I've got nothing at all. And you know, some of us, (laughs) it looks different for a lot of us, but but some of us, we say things like, "Well, well, because I don't have enough money, I don't think I'll ever be happy. You know, others of us, we say, well, because I don't have a nice house. I, can't, I can't, can't host a small group. You know, because it's as if everyone knows the Spirit of God can't move unless you've got the granite countertops at your house, right? No, not at all. But we disqualify ourselves because we say, "Oh, well, I, I couldn't host a group because my house isn't nice enough. Some of us, it's, well, I don't have a husband, so my life can't be meaningful. I don't have a spouse, so I, my life can't be meaningful. You know, some of you woke up today, and you just went to the closet, your walk-in closet where you've got clothes everywhere and you'll walk in and out of that closet and you'll say, I don't have anything to wear. And yet you have enough clothes to to clothe an African village. I mean, you've got, yet you have nothing to wear. You know why? It's because we're always focused on what we don't have. You know, this is exactly where this woman was. She had lost everything In her life, and all she could see was the things that she didn't have. And so, what do you do? You say, Well, Pastor Noah, what am I supposed to do when I don't have a lot in life? Well, let me show you. I want to say it like this if you're taking notes stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. You know, stop waiting for the things that you feel like you just want. And what if you started working with the things that God has already given you? What if you took this attitude of, you know what, I can do this with God's help. With God's help, I can do this. So what do you have in your house? Look at the, the next verse here in 2 Kings chapter 4. It says this, it says your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil and so she says i i I have nothing except this one little thing (laughs) back to our point stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have and so this lady says well i've got this small jar of olive oil what could i possibly do with that You know, olive oil actually back in the day was a very valuable commodity to have because olive oil was actually very rare and it had tons of very important uses. In fact, when you would talk about olive oil, olive oil was used for cooking and it was used to burn uh, in lamps. It was used, olive oil was actually used as medicine. And moisturizer. In fact, you know, they didn't have no Bath and Body Works back in the day, so they'd use the olive oil as that as that moisturizer. Olive oil was used to make leather pliable. It was used to keep keep iron from rusting. It was used to um, anoint. It was it was a spiritual act of things. They would use this olive oil to anoint people. They would use it. They would give this oil as an offering to God. And so this was a very very valuable thing. And she didn't have a lot of it, but scripture says she only had a little. But you know what, I am so thankful that I have a God who knows how to work with just a little. You know, I'm thankful that I have a God who knows how to handle, how to do a lot with a little. Do you know that we serve a God who is absolutely capable of doing a lot with a little? You know, all through Scripture, we see that. We see it in the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Jesus literally takes this little boy's basket, this little boy's lunchbox, so to say, and he took what he had, the five loaves and two small fish, and in the hands of our God, the five loaves and two small fish became a meal that fed thousands of people. In fact, Scripture says... That they had 12 basketfuls left over. You know why? It's because we serve a God who can do a lot with a little. That's in the New Testament. But even back in the Old Testament. We see this whole, this whole army of Philistines. where they, they were, the, the army was scared because of one guy. One giant man named Goliath. And Goliath stared this army down every day. And guess who God used to defeat the giant? He used a small shepherd boy with a little bit of faith and a couple little stones. And God used him to take that giant down. You know why? Because we serve a God who can do a lot with a little. He can do a lot with a little. In fact, Scripture says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can see mountains move. We serve a God who can do a lot with A little. And so Elisha says to this woman, he says, What do you have? What do you have in your house? You know, God asked Moses one time in the Old Testament, God told Moses, What do you have in your hand? And I think it, I I want you to, I, I, I tell you that because I want you to notice that God never asks you, Hey, what do you need? He never says, Hey, hey, what do you want? No, he says, What do you have? What am I working with here, essentially? And, and what, what if we took that attitude of that God has already given us everything that we need to do his will? You know what? I think we would stop waiting for God to do what we want, and we'd start working with what we have. Because God has given you everything that you need to accomplish the things that he wants you to do. You know, I, I, I learned this personally in the early years of our church. You know, when we launched this church, one of the things that I feel like you need to launch a church is a worship band, right? Or someone to play some music. And we barely even had a, a, one musically talented person in our group. And I remember in one launch team meeting, I, I encouraged our team to, to like, hey, let's wait to launch the church until we have everything that I need, everything that I wanted. And, you know, in order for me to launch the church, I felt like we needed a few key people to sing and play in order to put this worship team together. But I remember that meeting, and they, they looked back at me, and they just said, hey, let's work with what we have. And I wasn't excited about it, but we did. And God didn't give me what I wanted, and he didn't give me all of my desires. Instead, we learned to work with what we had. In fact, that limitation actually gave us more innovative ideas. Can I just speak that into your life today? That maybe it's your limitations that are going to give you the greatest God ideas that you could ever have. Because, you know, if, 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 if we had what we needed, God wouldn't be able to show us exactly what we need. So stop waiting for what you want. And let's start working with what we have. And, you know, I hear excuses as your pastor all the time. Why people don't want to follow God's will in their life. Some people will say, well, well, I'm not a good upfront person. Well, then maybe you're good behind the scenes. You know, Jesus actually said that the behind the scenes people are the most important people. I don't know if you know that. He says that the servant is actually the greatest of all. So you don't have to be up front to be a Christian you can be a servant and make just as great of an impact. Some of us, we say, well, I don't have enough money, or I don't make, I don't make six figures, and so I can't. How could I ever impact the kingdom of God? And can I tell you, but maybe, maybe you don't make all that much money, but God's called you to stay home, and you're home six nights a week with your kids. And can I tell you, that's important. In fact, it might be the most important thing you do in all of your life is the way that you raise your kids and the way, way that you raise them as a man or a woman of God. That can be a huge success. You don't have to make all this money. You could develop your kids and raise a great family. Here's what I'm saying. Stop waiting for what you want. Start working with what you have. Let me give you the second thought for today. It's simply this. What would happen if you would offer God what you have And trust him to give you what you need. You know, for some of us, it's time for us to offer God everything that we have. And then trust him to give us exactly what we need when we need it. Look at this verse. It says this. It says, Elisha says, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. (laughs) So Elisha tells this woman, "Go, go ask your neighbors for some empty jugs. Like, just go get them. Don't just ask for a few. Then... Go inside, shut the door behind you, and your sons pour oil into all the jars as each is filled up, put put it to one side. So Elijah says, "Hey, go get a bunch of jars, and then all you have is a little bit of oil, right? But if you'll trust God and if you'll pour out if you'll pour out that oil unto God, pour it into these other jars, watch what will happen." God will begin to refill and give you what you need if you just keep on pouring. In fact, let, let's take a look at the next verse. It says, she left him and she shut the door behind her and her sons and they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring, bring me another one. Bring me another one. And But she replied, there's not a single jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. And she went and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. You know, when this lady offered the little bit that she had, God gave her everything that she needed. As long as there was an empty jar... God filled it. And you know, this is a ridiculous request to ask this lady to empty out everything that she has and trust God to give her her everything that she needed. But can I tell you, when we show our God our faith, we get to see his faithfulness every single time. And you know, when she offered the little that she had, God gave her everything that she needed. Elisha said, go get the empty jars. And I want you to notice a little detail about these jars is that it didn't have to be any type of special jar. It just had to be an empty one. (laughs) It didn't matter the size or shape. It didn't matter if it was a honey jar or a milk jar or a coffee can or a butter tub. I don't know. God, can I just tell you, God can use any size or shape vessel. It just needs to be empty. It just has to be willing and ready to receive. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, so how does this apply to me? Well, I want you to take a look. It's 2 Corinthians. It says this in chapter 4, verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. When you say, what in the world is that referring to? What is, what is jars of clay? Well, that's our bodies. That's our it's 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 what we're made of. You know, we are just we're nothing but dirt houses on this earth. We're just jars. And when it talks about this treasure, it's talking about Jesus. That we have Jesus in our life. We have this treasure inside of this jar of clay. You say, "Well, what is God looking for?" You know what he's looking for? He's looking for a few empty jars. A few empty vessels. And, you know, when we empty ourselves of pride and excuses and the greed that we have in our heart and the selfishness that we have in our heart, when you empty yourself of the things that don't matter, God will fill you with the things that do. He'll begin to fill your life. He'll begin to fill you with oil. And you know this oil here. Oil in Scripture is always symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And so when it says that he'll, he'll fill you with, with his oil, it's filling you with his Holy Spirit. And suddenly you realize that when, when, when you don't outwardly have what you think you need, God is actually the only thing that you need. Suddenly he's enough. Suddenly he's all you need. You know what that means? Scripture says things like this, that when you feel weak... That our God's strong. That if you feel like you're lost in darkness, that He's the light to light your way. That when you feel unstable, He is our rock. When you're hungry, He's the bread of life. When you're thirsty, He is the living water. When you're lost, He is the way. He's exactly what you need when you need it. And some of you, you came in here today and you're empty. And some of you, you just, you're watching this on the other side of that screen. And you feel like you're just lacking and you're hurting. And today might be the day where you look to him and our God will become everything that you need. And so can I just tell you this morning, stop waiting. Stop waiting for God to give you exactly what you want. And start working with what you have. What would it look like. If you offered your life to God. What if you look like. What would it look like. If you offered God what you have. And you began to trust him. To give you everything that you need. Because can I tell you. When you don't have what you really want. You'll discover. That our good, good God. God is everything that you need. Let me pray for you today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I just thank you for being uh, with us here in this moment. God, help us to recognize that today we have everything that we need. That God, you've already equipped us With every single thing that we would ever need in our life. And so God, today we pour out ourselves to you. Lord, we recognize that we are your vessel. We are that jar of clay. And so, Lord, right now, we release any hurt, any anger, any bitterness, any jealousy, whatever it is that is holding us back from you, Lord. We pour out all of our worldly things. And, Lord, we ask you today to fill us up with your oil, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, Help us to be a vessel that you want us to use. Lord, help us to be a vessel for you. Lord, all we desire and all we want is your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, fill us up again. Lord, make us new. Lord, we love you. And Lord, today we say instead of wanting another thing from you, Lord, we say that we have everything that we need to do your will here on this earth. And we trust you with that. Lord, give us the eyes to see it today. In Jesus' name. Hey, I don't know where you're at. If you're at home or re-watching this, maybe you're just listening to this on a podcast. But for some of you, today's the day to surrender your life fully over to Jesus. I wanna give you that opportunity right now. For some of you, you just need to empty your heart out from the jealousy and anger and bitterness that you've been holding on to and can I tell you when you, when you surrender that to God I promise you he'll fill you with, your, with his spirit and he'll make you new again And so if that's you on the other side of that screen today would you just pray just a very simple prayer with me mean it believe it you know our good God will save you and he'll send his presence to be with you If that's you, let's let's just pray this together. Say this, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I make you my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for filling me With your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. I want to congratulate you. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to congratulate you, and I I want to walk you through some next steps. In fact, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or the first time in a long time, we would love to know about it. Would you do us a favor, and would you just go on our website? And, uh, and, and click, click the link on our website that just says, hey, I prayed that prayer. We would love, love, love to know that you prayed that prayer. We'd love to send you some resources and connect with you and help you take your next step. And, man, can I just tell you, the angels are rejoicing in heaven over your decision today. And so we rejoice along with you. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed our message today. I'm so excited for what's to come. And uh, we've got one more week of at the movies. And so I'd love to see you in person. And if you can't join us in person, we've got another week online for you next week. And so I'll see you next week. Uh, But we're so glad that you've joined us on the other side of that screen. And so um, as we close today... I just wanna pray a prayer of blessing over you and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll see you next week, all right? May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a great week.